0: You're listening to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I can't think of anything else to say right now, so let's get to it. Today I'm chatting with a staple of the stop-motion animation scene in Toronto. Someone whose work has screened at over 50 festivals worldwide. Someone who's got a stack of awards for directing and animating behind his name, including the Annecy Public Prize Award someone who's currently pursuing an MFA for a type of animation I've never even heard of before, and someone who just loves climbing trees, and that someone is Isaac King, who I am so excited to chat with because I've been such a fan of his work for so long, and he does so much cool stuff. But before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by Hue, makers of colorful, affordable USB cameras and animation software for creative teaching, work, and play. Available from HueHD.com and Amazon, the new Hue HD Pro camera features 1080p image and video resolution, a built-in microphone, and LED lights. Hue's funky, flexible plug-and-play cameras are easy to use, and they're compatible with any apps that recognize USB cameras, including Discord, DragonFrame, OBS, Twitch, Google Meet, Zoom, and many more. Now, make sure you go check out Hugh at HughHD.com for more information and follow at Hugh Cameras on Instagram or Twitter for news, freebies, and giveaways. And all of those links are in the description of this chat, so please check them out. They have been amazing supporters of this podcast for a very long time. Now, without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Isaac. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, let me start. Let me attack you right away. (laughs) You told me just two minutes ago that you feel like you're career has been mundane when from my perspective <laughs> yeah. you've done like so many cool like you had this whole directing past you've done so many cool short films why why do you consider your career mundane
1: <laughs> right no that's a good question so i guess i said mundane in terms of the course of it because it's kind of uninteresting if you just look at a trajectory for me it's always been very interesting i've always really loved what I've done and that's what's kind of propelled me forward but if you just think about okay here's a guy who went to art school for animation and then he graduated and then he started working in animation at one small company and then to another small company and now like uh, 20 years later he's he's like at school working on an MFA and who knows what's next that there wasn't a whole lot of ups and downs within there although the work was always interesting and it was always keeping me going yeah you've done
0: sorry you've done so much creative stuff over the years i have so i have a lot of questions to ask you but you mentioned you know you started off by going to like our animation school you went to emily carr right exactly yeah so i know nothing about emily carr other than it like came up in my google search results when i was like looking at animation schools and i was like this seems far and i don't know anything about it (laughs) don't know but tell me tell me more
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. well it's not very far if you grew up around Vancouver like I did so that's why I think I was interested in it and I was um I didn't know I wanted to get into animation at all I knew I was really into art so in high school my two big interests were sort of biology and art and and I was like maybe I'll be a biologist but the fact is I wasn't like that good at it and it was a little bit rigid for me and I was a little bit too um, imaginative, I guess, for the scientific world. So I decided I would, I would kind of try my luck at Emily Carr, which is the big uh, art school there. And it offers a degree program. So it's quite intense. It's a four year uh, degree and the animation program is three of those years. So you really get a good grounding in animation. And I think actually the first year is like a foundation year and animation was a thing that I never really thought about. I mean, I like cartoons and stuff, but I never knew I wanted to be doing that until I saw what it could do and how it could really be the medium that encompassed all the others for me. So you can do drawing, you can do sculpture, you can do editing. It's like film, it's still, it's handmade. it's just almost anything and that's what I continue to love about it
0: nice so you had a moment where you were like of like realization I guess where th- this art form could encompass all these things you like even biology because you work outside a lot <laughs> yeah with, oh yeah
1: no no I've definitely your come animation. back to, yeah, and that's been I've fueling you basically
0: biology. since so like your philosophy on animation is uh, it's just a all-encompassing art form where you can infuse a lot of stuff I yeah like no, tell me- I
1: Well, yeah, no, I think of it as a totally, it's like an interdisciplinary form that I can work whatever I'm interested into And often I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna draw a picture here in my sketchbook, or I'm gonna make a little paper mache sculpture or whatever. But then I think about how that can move and how the timing of these things would works. So I think inherently I've been interested in movement and animation just seems to synthesize all of these ideas and uh, I still think of it like that's what keeps it so fresh for me and interesting is how what's going to move and, and how is it going to move and what is it and what is it going to look like and feel like and how, how, how does the look of it tie into the meaning and all those sorts of things.
0: Totally. I love that. And like, like something I really love about animation too. Like, so I just love crafts and like making stuff, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it's not a complete thing until it's, I make it move and then you can show people and be like, Mm -hmm. look, this thing is alive now. And I, I feel like you've explored a lot of different movement over, you know, just, there's like the traditional Disney, like realistic movement. And then there's like you know, just ridiculous rubber hose animation. I feel like you go between and every, everywhere in between those things. Um, so, okay, you're doing an, NF, an MFA right now. I want to mm-hmm. know why, because like you've had a 20 you, year career in animation, like you just said, you've directed, you've created award-winning short films, you've worked on tons of projects. What do you, why are you pursuing an MFA? Like, what is it going to give you that you can't, that you mm-hmm. currently don't have?
1: That's a great question. I hope I find out really soon. Oh no! You're like, <laughs> no. why am I doing this? <laughs> no, no. I um. Well, I mean, there's a few reasons. The first is I've been I've been getting like kind of uh, tired of like the daily grind of commercials, which is what I've done for a lot of my career, and I wanted to really start to um, just kind of add some variety into what I'm up to. So my independent films I've been making uh, pretty consistently since around 2006, every every few years, I managed to kind of crank one out on the side, but I, I really wanted to look at where animation can take me away from the sort of established uh, norms of like, like, if you think of where these short films are seen, they're always in uh, short film festivals or online or whatever, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking about the audiences and kind of what I can do with animation in terms of like what's important to me as a person and where we are in the world. So a lot of my work is always kind of focused on ecology, environmental and uh, kind of societal themes. And I, I often think that um, it's such a limited audience and just thinking, like off off the screen a little bit. I'm thinking now about installations. I'm thinking about screenless animation. Like, how can the appeal of animation, which is huge, reach more people and and just kind of touch people in new ways? So this sort of uh, two year schooling, which I'm so lucky that I'm able to kind of do it because it's like taking a break from an income. Luckily, my wife is working at this this um, uh, time and I have uh, kids, but it's just kind of a chance um, to really, like, really take a deep dive on what I love about animation and where I want to explore new areas. Um, it's also kind of a practical thing, because if I want to teach more, um, it's good to have an MFA, <clears throat> and it's just a way to connect with academics and other people who are outside of animation. I'm in this program where there's almost no other animators, so I'm trying to explain what I'm about and what I'm making to performance artists and painters. And (laughs) it's just very interesting to try and cross some of those boundaries.
0: Um, Why didn't you choose a master of like animation versus a fine arts master?
1: Yeah, well, I looked at a few programs. Um, I guess part of the appeal of this program was that it's local, like it's in Toronto, although, I mean, the pandemic's been happening, so. That's made it hard. Um, I like, like, I think I'm basically an art school person. Like I looked at a program at Ryerson. I looked at all these things and they were more sort of focused on the business or the industry side. And at my core, I think I'm interdisciplinary and I'm interested in expression and how that ties into society. So it just seemed to fit.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So how do you, how did you go about, proposing what you wanted to do because because you're trying right. something that's a little bit different than you know exploring mm-hmm. or design like you mm-hmm. said you're well, the animator
1: yeah I think it's kind of a new like for me it's very new in terms of it's not uh, making a new film like that's always how I've been thinking about my work it's like oh I have an idea I'm going to storyboard it I'm going to make designs and I'm going to make this film and there'll be a beginning and an end I'll do the sound at the end and that'll be that, but in this, in this program and in kind of my current way of thinking where I'm at right now, I really like the idea of this is actually a kind of like research and it's changing and what I'm making now, like whatever I'm animating seems less important to kind of my practice right now. So I know this all sounds like kind of abstract maybe, but it's like, (laughs) I'm, I'm basically still doing what I've always loved, which is making animation that appeals to people that can connect to people about themes that I'm interested in. However, the timeline, the narrative, the display is not as important. Like it's not about, I have to finish the film so I can submit it to Annecy or whatever. Like this is going to live as an installation or some other way. Um, Yeah.
0: So you mentioned um, I I love that you're exploring kind of, just the medium and how it can be different than what we've you know traditionally had i'm wondering though you mentioned reach new audiences or more people like how you know with the invention of tv and Mm now streaming services internet i feel like animation is is like everywhere so what kind of places are you thinking you know you mentioned installation Mm -hmm. um how what are you thinking of reaching more different people are you just Thinking about yeah, well, reaching people who don't traditionally watch animation?
1: I guess I'm thinking specifically of kind of my thesis work that I'm in the middle of. So uh, forgive me if I'm if I'm kind of rambling on this one topic, but I'm thinking about uh, kind of a public installation. So if it's on the street and there are projections on walls and things, people will see that and think about it in a new way from mm. if people are coming into the Ottawa Animation Festival, sitting themselves down and kind of they're in a right. different mode, right? So it's um it's like kind of new i'm sure i'm going to keep making films i'm sure i'm going to go back to the more traditional ways of making animation but for now it feels very uh, free and i'm really enjoying this process
0: yeah you got you're getting my wheels turning because like a film a film festival you specifically sign up purchase and go because you are expecting to see right films Or like TV, you turn it on and look for things. But are you talking about like, I don't know, you walk by a wall of graffiti and it's like animated because it's being projected Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah, That's really cool. I've never, I've never, I can't think of any examples, especially in Toronto, because it's such a huge city where that Mm -hmm. exists and you think it would.
1: Yeah, there's like a few intersections of these ideas of like where animation crosses over into public art or yeah. various art venues, like there's always within the art gallery, but that as well is a very small kind of uh, like a private space that you have to pay to get into. Um, I'm thinking about other installations, like like there's a thing on the New York subway system called mass transiscope, where you look out the window of a subway, and this kind of uh, zoetrope thing flashes in front of your eyes. It's like amazing. I love no way. these kind of uh, public installations of this kind of thing. And this isn't like, like, that's not gonna change anyone's mind about whatever theme you're trying to explore, but what it is is it just new ways of receiving the medium and the message. It's sort of like um, how everyone's getting super excited about um, like VR and AR. I'm kind of less excited about that because it's always mediated through technology in terms of a headset or a screen. Like, like if you're walking around with your phone, and and you're experiencing this amazing immersive thing it's like that's kind of cool but it's still so limited through your phone I love the idea of just seeing even touching things like in the case of what I'm thinking about there'll be some objects that you can kind of have a textural feeling so it's just all of this is like very out there and experimental I'm sure it's not what people want to hear on your industry podcast but it's just kind of my current phase so don't say
0: that people love <laughs> I, true, true. like l- screw everybody else. Just tell it for me. Cause I'm interested. Like, right. I love what you're, I've never really thought about this area of animation, which, you know, we talked about before, just bringing stuff to life. I, I would love to like walk around a city and, you know, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. there's like a whole collection of like uh, wooden boards on a string and you like hold it up and drop it. And it like animates on the way down or something like that's, exactly. that seems really that's cool the to kind me. Of thing and, like,
1: I'm thinking about oh
0: <laughs> wait did <laughs> i just do my own mfa on this podcast in the last five minutes <laughs> yeah
1: yeah just write a few papers and you're good yeah I <laughs> graduate
0: Glenn. so okay i love this because like you know you're you're somebody who has explored a lot like uh, you know your short films are really uh explore how technology and nature like integrate which i love too which is like you know it's very it's very like Current, especially with what we're we're at as a society, but I just love that you're kind of exploring how animation can be different than what we're just used to with putting it into almost like a box and a format for things like four festivals or four TV or something. I think that's amazing. What do mm-hmm. you so like? Think so? I okay. I have so many questions because like one, you actively decided to take a break from your career, and I'm wondering how that conversation went with your family, where you're like, hey can we spend <laughs> all of our money and can I just like <laughs> go and explore some stuff for a few years?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's always an interesting conversation. It's sort of like, like I'm in the fortunate position where we had some savings. I, I basically been working in the, in the industry of commercials full time since uh, 2000. So uh, my partner and I have, have, been like consistently working. And this is kind of seen as like an investment in my next phase, totally. whatever it is, like teaching or whatever. And so my partner's like, that's awesome. You go do that. And then when you're done, maybe get a job and then <laughs> I can do something. I was like, and yes. I'll take
0: some years off, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think of my job right now as kind of exploring this stuff. I'm also like taking on a little bit of freelance and I'm also spending more time with the kids, which has been important during the like the pandemic. And it's also been great for me because, uh, they're inspiring little people and they're not that little anymore. And I'm, I'm, I'm exploring with them. So that's great.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: so like, you know, you're doing
0: this for your future. So where do you see yourself? Like, I guess, like maybe accomplishing or doing in the future, you mentioned teaching, but do you also Mm -hmm. see like, uh, you exploring a lot more kind of, Public animation and, and like heading that up
1: as yeah yeah I mean I feel like the kind of thinking that I've been exposed to and the faculty at OCAD and just the other uh, people who are in my program has really opened up my my world of thought because like you maybe I was in this kind of animation uh, tunnel where I just had like the blinders on for animation which is kind of the way that I've liked it because I really love animation I'm all about it but I kind of didn't know how, like, how does public artwork? How does, I mean, I know how it looks when I walk by it, but how does that stuff happen? How do you like make proposals? How do you talk to people about your ideas? So the communication, the writing, the research, all of these things have been really good for me. And I mean, there's other programs that are much shorter, like a one year program or this or that. This this feels like a really good amount of time. I'm like a full-time two-year program student and there's i mean a lot of it is very self-directed so it's really up to you especially in the pandemic um i really enjoyed this research time though and i feel like i'm building towards something i don't exactly know what but it's coming together in some way and like i said before i'm probably going to go back to all the more traditional methods and um that was actually something i wanted to add at the very beginning of this conversation when you said why did you choose animation Uh, I was kind of raised by parents who like, they're not artists, they're people that have worked and they're like, we want you to, uh, have a job that you can make a living at. And I was like, I think that animation is such a job because it's not like, like I'm just a sculptor where it's all up to me to sell my work and make a living. It's like, there is an industry. I can see these people out there working kind of like you and your search when you poked around there are jobs out there and so from a very practical uh perspective that's another thing that i love about animation
0: yeah totally that there's like a there's an established there's an established way to like get into art and do it as a career i guess
1: yeah well it's like an applied art like any (laughs) art can be applied uh some people really rankle at that idea of like whatever my expression but it's like if you just Uh, I treat things as what they are. It's like people need communication. They need advertisements. They need TV shows and entertainment. And you have those skills now if you are an animator. So that's great. Make it happen.
0: Well, yeah. And I love that you're, I love that you're doing this MFA now because, you know, you have so much experience doing all those aspects, storyboarding, pitching. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds like this is kind of the perfect next step for you to take everything, you know, to kind of a different level and bring something new to the table. I love that you're, even just figuring out how to like, you know, get money or proposals to do stuff like this in the city. And that's, that's really cool. Can you tell me mm-hmm. about why? Cause you were um, at headgear for what, like 15 years or something. Uh, 17 years, 17 years. So you were like a animation yeah. director guy working on, um, you know, commercials for 17 years. What was the instigating moment for you to say, I want to leave this. Or like, why did you leave this? Is it, is it lining up with this MFA?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of things kind of coming to bear. There was, um, I mean, first of all, I should say I wasn't a director for 17 years. I mean, you were, you were asking about how people like get into the industry and change roles. And I started like answering phones and helping out with like little, (laughs) little, like tiny creative things. And then it was like a little bit more like, Oh, Hey, Isaac, why don't you try designing a character? And then it's like, do you like this parrot? It's like, yeah, that can work. <laughs> and then, of course, you work your way up. And and then they started to kind of give me little opportunities. And then I would say I was, like, directing probably, like, after four or five years of working with those guys. Yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of like like any work, right? You Your level of trust uh, with your coworkers and your comfort level with what you're doing as well just kind of grows. And so you're given more responsibility responsibility um and then I would say I don't know what it was it's just like maybe it's maybe it's like anything that you do for a long time you kind of itch for something Mm. more and if it's like for some people it's like I want to work at Pixar I want to make a feature I want to do the next like like larger and bigger thing for me I really liked the setting of a small studio it was like a very Uh, intimate and uh, kind of a comfortable arrangement and then I think at a certain uh, point I was like well is this it like I think I I think I'm ready for new challenges and while I was making my films on my own uh, kind of getting grants from various uh, funders I would just kind of work on those when I wasn't working at headgear or at home on my own and then I was like am I going to be this independent artist that is only on my own or am I going to be with like a company like this? And I think the answer is still kind of unknown. Like (laughs) I like working with other people. I love people. And I'm not completely introverted. And I, although I do like my own time, I feel like I have to strike some kind of balance. So I think that's when I started to think about other opportunities, like, well, maybe teaching, I should be working on more, And that's when I started to teach as a sessional. And I taught, I think, one day a week at Sheridan for a year. And then I taught at OCAD, like one night a week, uh, teaching character design for animation. And that was really fun. And I really, I just really feed off the enthusiasm of other people. So like, it's kind of like taking a backseat, right? I think of teaching as uh, parenting a little bit, not that I'm the parent of these students, but when I became a parent, it was like, okay, it's not all about me. I'm just going to have to sit back here and see what I can do to facilitate whatever learning is going to happen. And, um, like, I think I have things that I can offer and, and I really have enjoyed that. So I'm curious if I can do that more. Um, and I think all of those things just kind of added up to, uh, Becoming a freelancer. Hmm. That's where I am today. Interesting. I love that mm-hmm. it sounds
0: like you're very much almost in control of your career path in some aspects. I do want to ask you a lot more, a lot more, a lot okay. more about your Good. short films. And so you mentioned like one thing I was going to ask you about anyways, is how do you get grants? Like I know you work with Ontario Arts Council and and like et cetera. Like I would love to produce some short films that I yes. think are very unconventional in terms of, uh, you know, selling.
1: You can, I, Terry. I, sorry, what? <laughs> you can. Everybody can.
0: Okay, but like, yeah. how do I get? How do I get Ontario Arts Council to be like, make whatever you want, and here's some mm-hmm. money? Or is it more like, here's a proposal, work with them to figure out? Like, tell me this whole process, what right? You produced an 11 minute short film on your, well, I know you had animators working on it as well. So you had a budget and stuff, but I think that's insane in stop motion. Like, Sorry, my thoughts are all over the place. Start me with like, how do you
1: propose
0: (laughs) to get funding?
1: Right. Okay. That's a very good question. So this is something that is kind of talked about in art school, not, not probably enough, but like the process of grant writing in Canada, we are blessed because we have a lot of funding opportunities like they could always be better there could be more of course however if you look at the like international scene Canada's in a really good place for this yeah. so there is money that is earmarked for artists of all kinds and i i just kind of launched into it i never learned about how to write grants really i just i basically waded through the paperwork and kind of did what they asked for which is there's like a ton of paperwork have to fill out a lot of things you have to write and you really have to communicate why your idea has merit like like what is important about your idea that is so important that like the government should give you this money to make and I think if you can do that convincingly and you have a solid idea and you have the skills that like show them that you can follow through then you're good um and like like when you say I've, I've kind of been working with the Ontario Arts Council. That's kind of funny to me because there is no working. It's like you fill out these forms online, you submit everything online by the deadline. And then if you're accepted, they cut you a check and you're on your own. Like there's nothing you're, you're just basically, it's up to you. At the end, you have to show them what you made uh, and you have to show like your budget and that's it. Like, like you're an independent uh, producer. So you really have to be a producer a writer, a designer, a creator, like you have to be running the show a little bit. I mean, of course you can hire those roles as well. Um, but that's kind of been my experience with all the funders. Like I've never worked with the NFB, which I know is much more hands-on, like yeah, maybe I'm thinking of NFB where it's yeah.
0: hands-on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my, I feel like I'm like going to like crash and burn in this application process on like why my idea <laughs> has merit. Cause like I just like, I don't want to deconstruct why it has merit. I just want to make it because I think it's a really cool idea and I'm right. like passionate about it. Right. But now I have to like, what does this mean for people watching it? Like, I think people will enjoy it and be like, Oh, this is cool. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any tips on the merit um, aspect for me specifically? Can I like, you so yeah. one idea is I have is like, mm-hmm. um, I want to produce, <laughs> <laughs> I embarrassed saying this but i want to produce like a five to like 10 minute short film that's just one shot of like these really cute like felt mice coming into the scene dancing in a circle slowly (laughs) they're like singing and dancing it's so adorable and cute it's all in stop Mm -hmm. motion and then slowly they like they're like building something and it turns out to be a a pyre and then they drag in this human being like who's bound and they like tie him to the pyre and like brutally like you know stab him and whatever and like real guts come out like right like actual like to completely contrast the felt real guts are coming out and then they like light him on fire and then a demon is produced from like (laughs) the the flames and it grants Uh them all silly cute hats and they're all happy so it's like Uh, this yes it's like this extremely gory but extremely cute like mix up and i just i would love to produce something like that where it's like this slow takes the audience through like Mm -hmm. this slow, like, oh, this is so cute to wait a minute, wait, what is going, oh my God, this Mm -hmm. is horrific. And then like, what am I left with at the end, this weird punchline? How do I propose something like that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't, I can't really answer that for you, I'm afraid, but I think, I think you've got a vision and that's important. So that, that sort of vision, you're going to have to articulate to the funding bodies. And I mean, it's made up of I think artists, like I've never, I've never been on these judging panels, but it's it's like uh, peers basically. So if it's seen as just sort of a lark that might not have some meaningful effect on society, they might uh, pass on it or or like potentially you could, you could work in some important uh, uh, points you're trying to make besides the aesthetics. I mean, that's, that's the, yeah. That okay, could be an independent what, um, uh, production. That you're I
0: feel like now that I like told you this idea, I should actually apply and see what happens. So I'm, yes, I'm, I'm going to make a should. note for myself right now, <laughs> now to like apply after.
1: After um, this conversation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Maybe you don't want to answer this, but like how much funding do they give for a short film? I have no idea. I've never even looked mm-hmm. into it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I should.
1: Uh so i also have no idea well no that's not true they actually publish all of these numbers so if you're interested you can go to the websites and they say isaac king received whatever like ten thousand dollars for this thing and like thirty thousand here so my my budget for whatever tree was around forty thousand okay and that was kind of cobbled together through three funders and that was Spread over about three years, kind of not working full time on it, so it was not like a huge money making venture. It's yeah. more like it allows me to make the thing I want to make, and they basically pay you like like a subsistence kind of uh, wage, like that you can live on for the time. But it's not like you're making a lot of money with these productions. It's more like for me, I'm going to make the films anyway, yeah, uh, s- somehow, and like this kind of makes it happen. And it's also, for me, when you get a grant, it's like, okay, other people have looked at the idea, they think it has merit, that's also a good feeling, because it's like a supportive vote, right? Because I find, I'm not sure how other people feel about this, but when I make an animation, I I really need to be all in, I have to spend so much time thinking about the idea, thinking about everything, because I know I'm going to be living inside this for like two or three years and if i am not completely into the idea or if it's like too of the moment it's just going to drive me crazy so that's where the planning of animation comes in and really thinking long term so that's my tip to anyone applying or like uh, planning these films
0: that makes a lot of sense um how do you budget for how did you come up with that budget for yeah your film? i think
1: uh, well, you can just kind of work out the timing in your own mind, like roughly how many, how many days is this going to take to animate? And of course, they're all estimations. And it's, it's just like your best guesses. I mean, I mean, you call in favors when you can, you hire people like I only hired one assistant. And I mean, I wasn't like paying uh, amazing gobs of money to anybody I was just like here's a project I have this much money this is this is kind of what I budgeted for audio this is what I have for this and that and so usually people are really excited to get to work on it and it's just kind of like it's not we know we're not gonna come out rich at the end of this thing it's more like we're gonna make a cool thing and and yeah you want to work on it I don't know So did you
0: did you like hire studio space and cameras and stuff like to make this film over? Yeah. Because like a film over three years and part-time sounds like such a daunting mm -hmm. thing to to start. And like even in stop motion specifically, because there's lighting differences and like camera Mm -hmm. differences. And your film like feels uh, consistent the entire way through as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you for
1: that. Yeah, I think that every everything that I that I make seems to have some new like technical challenge that's part of the interest for me like I'm I'm always in between this kind of like uh 2d and 3d stop motion space where I'm I'm mixing and I'm blending I I'm also very um uh economical with the animation like I love loops I love things that I can just kind of patch together quickly like that's also what I love about animation. You only see things for a frame, so if I'm if I'm going to design something, it's it doesn't have to hold up for longer than that moment. Uh, so there's just a lot of efficiencies that I always work into the process, and as well, I I kind of test the process before I launch into it. So this outdoor animation technique, I really had to test many times, um, and this like the consistencies are really just about. I always had to shoot when it was sunny, for example. And I always made sure that, like, my flat characters were basically facing the camera. That, like, cuts out a huge amount of uh, shadow and flicker. So there's, there's obviously tricks you learn as you go. Um, and it's not like I had to rent space because I was outside. That was also the. Uh, you're like nice taking thought.
0: somebody's taking a hike, and they just like <laughs> look over, and there's there's Isaac just <laughs> that has happened for sure, like with tweezers and these tiny little
1: yeah cut paper cutouts on the ground. <laughs> and and it's always it, it's always delightful when someone wants to chat. Oh no, yeah, oh no, you're <laughs> like please. It's like... I have two more frames left. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's always distracting my shot. But on the other hand, most people will just not even. Like, like, pause. They'll just be like, continue walking. Oh, yeah, perfectly normal man with huge, weird. Yeah. I mean, you
0: know, maybe, maybe if you're like yeah. doing it in smaller towns, maybe they'd stop the chat. Yeah. But Toronto people are used to seeing anything,
1: exactly. I guess. Exactly. They've seen it all. Yeah.
0: So, um, I'm wondering, so, you know, for whatever tree has, uh, screened at like, I don't know, like 30 festivals or something, multiple award-winning, we just saw it at the, the TAS, um, yes, screening wasn't the that week, exciting. Amazing to see it in person, oh my God. how does, how so do nice. festivals change things for you either like mentally career wise, do they, what effect do they, you know, having something that screens at so many places and wins so many awards, what effect does that have on you? And if, if there's an effect.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what if what if it didn't screen anywhere and didn't win any awards versus like what is the outcome of what's happened
1: yeah yeah well for sure It, it like all of these things have an effect on our mental health and on our feelings about what we're doing and our lives i think that um recognition from festivals from anyone from anyone anywhere on social media like whatever it is 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 always wonderful and It's like it just kind of feels good to know that what you're spending years of your life on is being seen and appreciated and has like some meaning. Um, I've had a long enough uh, filmmaking career. I think I've made like four films, I guess, where I've had the range. So one of my earlier films, Secondhand, won a big prize at the uh, Annecy Festival. Yeah, and I actually won the public prize for second hand, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is amazing! This is totally unexpected!" And there I was on the stage, and I was like, "This is the the pinnacle! Like, what could be better than this?" And then it's like a year or two later, my next film not accepted, and it's just like constant ups ups and downs. And Did you have
0: expectations with your second film that it would get?
1: Yeah, more I, attention, the same attention. I don't know. Like, I, mean, I mean, you can't really have expectations because they'll always be upset. So what I try to do is remain pretty calm and obviously secretly hoping that it will get into certain festivals. Yeah, and you're then, like, hey guys, I'm Isaac King. You don't understand. Right, like, yeah, no, that didn't, that didn't <laughs> have any effect whatsoever. Yeah, so it's like there's all kinds of ups and downs that are gonna happen. I made a film called Fly Away that I spent- a really long time on it, it was like kind of like a music video for my friend's music and I really loved it it's like my probably my weirdest film because it's about a piece of seaweed that wants to fly and then it finally flies and an eagle picks up and stuff and it's like it had no it 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 just like got shown by like five or four festivals that are all totally weird like the the sea festival in Germany or the, <laughs> whatever the, the aquaculture festival of here. Like, and so I'm kind of used, I'm used to things not being accepted. I'm used to things being accepted and I try to take it all kind of um, with a grain of salt.
0: So um, going through these experiences. Have you created, mm-hmm. like if you, intentionally wanted to get your film accepted into more festivals do you think you would know what it would take to create a film that gets accepted into festivals or do you feel like it's random Um, and not up to you
1: it's i would say the latter i'd say it's uh mostly random it's not really up to me you have to make what you want to make and that's what i'll always do um it's gonna find some kind of audience like i've always noticed that even if it doesn't get into the your, your like top tier festivals that you're hoping for it it will get into some little niche festivals or in my case like environmental film festivals of which there are many it turns out and then they're kind of like a network and then they'll share it with Hmm. other festival directors and sure enough like after a while people will like be inviting your film to be in their festival and it's sort of like it finds its audience in some weird way um obviously the more exposure the better but it's like it's going to percolate uh, down, especially with the internet, it's going to find some kind of audience. And I mean, to try and uh, chase the, yeah. the, f- the fickle views of like a festival director is uh, futile in my opinion.
0: Well, yeah, I guess what you're saying is like, if, if you can't control what happens to it and it finds its own audience anyways, just create that thing that you want to create and it'll and put it out there and it'll, the people who, n- who want to see it and need to see it will find it, I guess.
1: I, I think that's all you can hope for. Yeah. I think that there's, yeah. I mean, you just have to find your voice and stick with that. Uh, that is going to make you stand out for sure. So I've seen, and the other thing is, I, I mean, these festivals, they have a lot of garbage in my opinion. You, you play, go to a festival. You're not going to love everything because yeah. they're not going to please everyone. So you, yeah you just kind of make the work for yourself and if it gets into festivals that's excellent one thing I always try and tell people is like uh, try not to spend a ton of money on application fees because there's a real racket I mean uh, this is like my perspective as, as a filmmaker I'm sure that people trying to make festivals need money too but there's like this huge thing mostly American festivals because they have so little funding from the government that they they charge so much like even to apply and that is just like oh my god you have these people paying all this money for rejection letters and it's just heartbreaking so what i always do is if you get into a festival make sure you write back personally to the person that selected you and say hey i've got a new film how about a waiver code you know like really really work that Uh, ah oh that's a good tip yeah no it is for sure people will remember your name, they'll remember your last film if you have a relationship. And that's a useful um, yeah thing to do, I think.
0: Totally. I like that. So okay, so thinking about you know your career and commercials and these short films that you put your heart and energy into, what is success and like even this MFA you're doing and exploring, what is the thing you are chasing with creating work for that is viewed by other people? Like what is success? What is the success that you're hoping and looking for
1: yeah I don't I don't really have a clear vision of like like some uh, golden chalice that I'm reaching for it's not like I've ever been like I need to do this or be there like I'm a I'm a pretty happy person in my personal life like in my in just like with my family and my friends and so I feel like animation is just a thing that I have to do. Like I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm just going to keep working on it as far as I can. And what keeps it fun and interesting for me is how can I explore further and how can I experiment and what's going to happen? And I mean, certain things I get like totally tired of and then I try something new and and there's a lot of failures along the way. There's like so many things that I've made that, have never turned into anything and that's that's okay it's kind of like like a sketchbook you just yeah. keep turning the page and make a new drawing and you know, speaking of sketchbooks i have so many sketchbooks i just look back into the pages and i'm like oh that's maybe something or maybe that's yeah. something you know so I, I love, love that
0: it. um what would you maybe the the antithesis to what i just asked what would you consider mm-hmm. failure failures like if Uh, if you're looking in the future like what would be something that would be failure in terms of what you're trying to create
1: yeah with your Uh, art I think that anything that seems like a little bit disingenuous or like you were saying earlier if you're trying to follow a trend or like follow i mean not to say you can't follow trends because you follow a trend get critically are... <laughs>
0: acclaimed success lots of money and you're like i failed. yeah no, no i no. did what they
1: wanted <laughs> no 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 not at all um it's it's that if you i mean or maybe a failure is like is like not coming across the idea that feels like like good enough or true enough from the start and then you invest a bunch of time into it and then you're like oh my god this is a bunch of rubbish and that certainly has happened to me, yeah. not in like a huge public way, but it's like, I've like tried things that just were not working. And then that was like weeks of work or something. So that's okay. That's, that's kind of a learning process.
0: Hmm. I like that. Yeah. That's totally turn it into something that's success, success anyways. Um, maybe as maybe as like a last topic, I know that you had a car accident in 2017 that's, um, really changed how you could even do your career for a while. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Don't animate and drive people. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, don't get into um, a car accident. <laughs> yeah. So that happened in like 2017. My family and I were in this like really serious car accident. A car hit me completely out of the blue, like no fault of my own and like smashed up my car and I I had this like major concussion that lasted over a year of like headaches and I just could not work or look at screens so that was a major kind of setback in just my personal health. Um, As annoying as that was (laughs) and believe me it was extremely annoying uh, it kind of forced me to think about life in a new way. First of all um. I was extremely grateful to like um, to be alive and to have my family alive with me and and to just like um, continue to be creative in a new way. So what I had to do is I had to be outside more because screens were giving me these headaches. So what I did was I was just out in the garden. I was out walking around and I started to design characters outdoors. And then I just started to be like, hey, this is a new a new kind of a thing for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like designing characters and learning about uh, plants. And I started this Instagram series called uh, Drawn Outside, where I was just kind of drawing things, positioning them among objects and like photographing them. And then I think after a year, like the natural evolution of that, like I said before, was like, well, how would these move? And how can I make these things kind of uh, come to life? And the solution was instead of one piece of paper i have to make replacement pieces of paper or i have to make uh like these little paper puppets or marionettes and so then i started to think about well how does how can this work in with like a bit of puppetry or stop motion kind of uh trickery and just like all the things that i love doing evolved into eventually the film whatever tree and so that whole technique if you look at my instagram you can see the early uh drawn outside images and that like i'm not going to give the the car accident the credit for this i idea, will but it, yeah <laughs> okay sure but it just it made me really get away from the computer and look at things in a new way so i'm happy about that
0: that's a really interesting story i i would never have known that unless you just told me just now i think that's really i mean it's like this and it's really shitty that you have to go through a car accident but it's it, like it, mm-hmm. for me, it gives like dip, deeper meaning to the whole film, like which is you know the point of the film in the first place is like to get outside more and experience. Well, don't let mm-hmm. me tell you what your film is about, but like when no, I no. it, I mean, just a sense totally. of like I wish I was outside right now, looking at some like cool birds instead of like you know constantly glued to my 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 phone yeah.
1: everywhere. <laughs> well, it was also a time when I I really sought connection with people but of course I couldn't really have a lot of meetings because that was also hard on my head so it was kind of like the dawning of like I'm gonna try Instagram now and then that kind of opened up what is social media all about and I'm like such a late adopter to these things I was like this is how people connect now okay and then and that kind of exposed me to the whole culture of like like the selfie, the destination, like all of the themes that are running through whatever tree. And so I felt kind of funny, like here I am posting all these things on social media, and yet I'm making a film about how social media is potentially toxic. But it's, I mean, it's... I
0: I found your film through social media, so... Yes, there you go. Toxic and amazing. (laughs) Um, what a, what a crazy story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, you've talked about your career and like what you're doing with your, your current projects and where you're going and your philosophy and animation and like projects you've worked on. Is there anything else that you wanted to share maybe as we're wrapping up our chat?
1: Um, I would just like to say to anyone who is, I don't know, new to the industry, whatever the industry is right now, we kind of alluded to this before, like the industry, I have no experience in the TV series industry or the feature world. But the animation industry seems so wide right now. It's like it encompasses uh, graphic design, photography, like all these people in in all these areas. They they're kind of learning animation, or animators are expanding on their own. It feels like it's it's an exciting time. There's a lot of really interesting things happening. Um, and just the thing that I try to tell people is like like if you can uh, find your own voice in some way, make it unique, find what it is that is interesting to you about the work and really push that as much as you can within the confines of whatever you're working on, school or a job or whatever. Um, I think the interdisciplinarity that I touched on uh, before is kind of like, I was never that really good at one thing. Like I was never a really good stop motion animator. Like I see the stuff that some people are making In stop motion, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, my fingers are too shaky. And then I look at people in, like, the drawn world. I'm like, oh, my God, you're amazing. And I look at, like, the CG thing, which is a totally new thing for me. And it's like, I just know the general concepts of everything. And I kind of patch it together. So that's what I'm doing.
0: Well, you're an expert at patching general concepts together. So that's your thing. They yeah, probably look you. at you and they're like, wow, I, I don't know how to do all these things. I only <laughs> know how to do this one thing. And I think that's great advice. You know, like whatever you're doing, try to import your unique voice into it in some aspect, which can be tough because it, it's sometimes it's easier to to figure out how to do what other people want you to do because Mm -hmm. that feels safer and more secure to like maintaining your career or getting a job or whatever. But I, Mm -hmm. I am a full supporter of what you just said. And the next thing is like, you know, just do uh, maybe I'm, you know, I'm interpreting what you said, but uh, do what you know how to do best and Mm -hmm. um, turn that into what you want it to be, I guess. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And if you can't work it into your current job, whatever that is, like just work a little bit on the side with it, and then that can turn into something more.
0: Yeah, just that's make definitely. an 11-minute uh, multiple award-winning, <laughs> shown it around yeah. the world film. No problem.
1: No big deal. <laughs> yes, in and time. I'm going to apply happen. to
0: the Canada Count of Arts, whatever. Yeah, sure. Council of the
1: Arts after this. Myself. Um, is there anything else you wanted to to leave on? I guess. Uh, no, I think that's it. I think you. Yeah, you've had a wonderful range of questions thank you for having me I'm so happy that you that we connected in person the other day because that was yeah me too
0: I'm I mean you are you've been on my list I have a list of people to like reach out to and you've been on that list forever and I've just been like postponing it and postponing it because you know there's some people like I'm I would I I don't know how to say this but like I'm intimidated but also like also I want to talk to in some I don't know why I'm intimidated Mm -hmm. but I'm just like saving it because I'm like I'm just saving this person (laughs) to reach out to because they're like really cool and I don't want to like meet rejection mm-hmm. possibly so i'm just going to postpone right anyways you were one of those people for me <laughs> <laughs>
1: well thank you so yeah but thank uh, yeah.
0: you so much for for coming on the chat it's been uh, amazing mm, uh, to hear your whole journey and so uh, you know pick your brain more on this stuff too so i'm glad we chatted
1: mm-hmm. well thanks cool. for having me
0: yeah and if you're listening and you want to follow isaac or get in touch with him you can do so by going to his website which is isaacking.net or checking him out on instagram which is isaac king with four a's in the isaac and i'll include both those links in the description of this chat and that's all for now thank you so much for listening okay bye the music for this podcast was composed by will farmer and the graphics by daniel abensauer i encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work